other types of growths disappearing. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Nothing's impossible with our God. If, our, if God's people will begin to believe Him, as we believe Him according to our faith, we will receive. And so we know that nothing's impossible with God. And uh, not only physical things, but spiritual oppression. Uh, people can be delivered from a spirit of fear to where they can't stand to be alone. They have to have somebody there with them all the time. And they have a spirit of fear that's oppressing them. I, I understand that we have authority through the name of Jesus to bind up those sp- evil spirits. Command them to leave people alone through the power and the authority of the name that's above every name. The Bible says God hath highly exalted him, him being Jesus Christ, and given him a name that's above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. Things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth. That means that the the expressed or spoken name of God, the revealed name of God, which is Jesus Christ, Yeshua, the power and the authority that's locked up in the name of Jesus Christ is above every other thing that's been named. Whether it be a, 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 a political figure, the name of Jesus has more power. Whether it be a type of medication, the name of Jesus has more power. Anything that's been named is submitted to the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. So today I stand with full confidence and declare to you that whatever's wrong with you, if it has a name, if it's bankruptcy, the name of Jesus is above bankruptcy. The name of Jesus is above foreclosure. The name of Jesus is above job loss. The name of Jesus is above heart disease. The name of Jesus is above cancer. Come on, somebody. The name of Jesus is above everything that's been named. That's why we get excited today, because we worship a God that has all power, all power in heaven and in earth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Good things happen when you praise the Lord. Praise God. He's worthy. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter number 5, uh, beginning with verse 1. I just want to speak for a few moments today. Uh, I know that the time is getting away from us here. Uh, but uh, 2 Kings uh, chapter number 5, and beginning with verse number 1. It says, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. So the Bible lets us know here, or, or the implication is, despite all of the uh, positive things that we can read about and see, about this man named Naaman that uh, even though he was honorable and respected by his boss and a great soldier, a great leader and uh, had accomplished great things and was a mighty man of valor all of that was in a sense sort of I'm not going to say canceled out but it was overshadowed by the fact that he had leprosy and uh, in the Old Testament leprosy is a type of sin 
uh, because uh, sin can start small, but as the Bible says, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. It spreads throughout the body, and it affects everything in a person's life. And uh, this just kind of gives us a little picture of the condition of humanity. Is even though there are a lot of people in the world that are, that they could be great people, they could be super nice, they could be well respected in the community, but all of that is overshadowed by the fact that there is a sinful nature that we inherited from our father Adam. And that sinful nature needs to be dealt with. And the only way it can be dealt with is through the supernatural power of God. Amen. So the greatest miracle that can happen in this place, above all of those things that I mentioned, is for someone's sins to be washed away and cleansed and for someone to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit that gives them power to live victorious over sin. See, the Bible makes it real super clear that it's impossible to live in victory over sin without the Holy Spirit. The Bible says it this way, uh, in the flesh, it's impossible to please God. In the flesh, no man can please God. Because guess what? Our, our fleshly carnal nature is going to continue to return to our sin and disobedience because of the leprosy that's spreading through the spiritual leprosy that's spreading through our spirit. But the power of God's Spirit has the power to remit and forgive our sins and wash away all of the evidence, the external evidence of this leprosy, the spiritual leprosy, and give us new hope in life and power to live victorious over sin because we've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible lets us know that if you're filled with the Spirit and you walk after the Spirit, you are a son of God, a child of God, and you no longer desire to please sin and to fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the greatest miracle that can happen today is for someone to come in here as one type of a person and to leave completely changed through the power of the Holy Spirit. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 10, it says, And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, this is verse 10. Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abanya and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather then when he said to thee, Wash and be clean. So Naaman had a change of heart. Verse 14 says, Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Amen. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 says this. When the people said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Do you know why Jesus came to the earth? 
John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. So Jesus came to take away sins. But John also said, I baptize you with water, but the day is coming when he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit and with fire. So Jesus came, number one, to take away your sins, and number two, to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says here in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, that there are simple instructions. The instructions are not difficult. It says, repent. That means turn away from your life of sin and turn towards God. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you will receive this promise from God. I want to speak just for a few moments on this subject. Obey your way to a miracle. Obey your way to a miracle. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the blessings and provision that are in our lives. We thank you, Jesus, for these wonderful people of God that have gathered together to worship and lift you up and to give praise to your name. I pray today, Lord God, that your will would be accomplished in this house and lives would be changed by the declared and preached word of God. We thank you for these things and give you glory in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you and you may be seated. The Bible speaks much about this, the concept of obedience. In fact, when you look in the Word of God, being obedient or submissive to God's will for your life, God's direction from His Word, is the most important thing. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, in verse, chapter 15, specifically in verse 22, we are reading a story about a man who was the king of Israel named Saul. He had been instructed by God to strike God's judgment upon the Amalekites. He only partially obeyed what God told him to do, saved some of the animals that were supposed to be slain, and he saved alive the king, Agag, who was supposed to be killed as well. God spoke to Samuel the prophet and said, I'm going to remove Saul from his position as king because he has not honored me by obeying my word. And when he came to, Samuel came to Saul to let him in on what God had said, Saul sought to justify his actions in saving these animals and saving the king alive, despite what God had told him to do, by saying, we save the best of the animals for a very honorable purpose. Our plan is we're going to offer these animals as a sacrifice to God. And in verse 22, Samuel's response is very telling. Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken, or that means to listen and respond accordingly, to hearken is better than the fat of rams. So God was making it clear in this story and many other stories in Scripture that the most important thing in our response to God is not our sacrifice, not things that we're willing to do and commit and say and present to God. But the important thing is our willingness to submit to His authority in our life and to surrender and to obey what He directs for us to do in His Word and through His Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says when we are born again of the Spirit, that the Spirit of truth leads and guides us to all truth. But if we refuse to submit to the spirit of truth, then it can't lead us and guide us anywhere. 
So obedience comes in submitting to the Word of God and also learning in prayer to hear the voice of the Lord and be directed by God and respond to what God instructs you to do. There's some people who foolishly declare that God has told them to do something and it does not line up with the Word of God. It's foolish to assume that the Holy Spirit would direct you in a way that contradicts the Word of God. You're misreading something. Or you're maybe listening to your own flesh or an angel of light, which is actually Satan, appearing as an angel of light. So understand that obedience to God is going to be in concert or in step with his written word of God, which is forever settled in heaven. So one thing that we learn in the word of God, that there's nothing better that you can do in your life than to simply obey the Lord. I remember when we had our children's crusade here. And uh, Brother Josh was preaching before he spoke to the kids. He sang, of all the things that I could do for you, of all the things that I could give, nothing is better than to simply obey. And that's one thing uh, that uh, you'll be frustrated in your life until you get this. Say, but I'll do something special for God, or I'll give a special sacrifice, or I'll commit this area of my life and be real consistent and faithful in that area, but I refuse to surrender my life to the Lord. You're going to be frustrated, because the only way you can get God's favor is through obedience to the Word of God. In the Bible, we see that people's obedience or submission to the Word of God is tested over and over again. If you want to look and see that when, when God gave Noah instructions about building the ark, he was specific as to the dimensions, the number of floors, the type of materials to use. Noah probably uh, could have figured some things out on his own, but this was symbolizing salvation. The ark was saving his family. And one thing you'll learn about the word of God is whenever God speaks about salvation, he's very specific. Are you with me now? He didn't say, Noah, build whatever size you want, use whatever wood you want, make however many stories you want, make it however long, however high you want to, and I'll make sure and bless it. No, God said, do it my way, and then you'll be saved. So God is specific in the arena of salvation. Not only that, but when God gave to Moses the instructions on how to build the tabernacle, you can read it for yourself. He was specific down to the very detail of every material that was supposed to be used, of the sizes they were supposed to be made, things that were to be engraved, how many pieces they were to be engraved from. All of the details of the tabernacle were very, very specific because it represented salvation. It was pointing to the cross of Jesus Christ. And once again, may I repeat to you, whenever God is making reference to salvation in the Word of God, you can be very clear, you can be very sure that he is going to be specific. Do you believe that? Amen. And so he is testing Noah and testing Moses. Are they going to go off on their own? Are they going to deviate from the plan that I give them? Because what I'm doing is not just something for today, but it has spiritual implications because it is foreshadowing New Testament salvation through the cross. We know that now. Noah didn't know that then. Noah just knew I've got to obey God. Moses just understood this is God's plan. I can either choose to obey it or I can choose to do my own thing. And there is nothing better than to simply obey. I could give you a number of examples from the Word of God that emphasize or imprint on our spirit that this is God's will. In fact, uh, one of the uh, great men of God in our movement, Brother uh, Tom Fred Tenney, said, if you were to take the entire Bible and summarize it down and try to get 
get it down to as few words as possible. Every story in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, from the story of the cross of Jesus Christ, the story of the tabernacle, the story of the lambs. If you were to take everything and boil it down to one phrase, you could say, well, it would be Jesus. That's true. But he said the one phrase that the Bible preaches from beginning to end is this word, submission. Submission to God's authority and learning that to order to have God's favor in your life and God's blessings in your life, it's wrapped up in obedience to the word of God. God said to Abraham, leave the land where you're where you where you were born. Leave the people that are around you. Go to a place that I've promised you and I'm going to give to you. And I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. But you've got to leave. You've got to go. Abraham could have elected to stay where he was raised in the era of the Chaldees. And he never would have stepped into the blessings of God. But through obedience to the word of God, he stepped in to the blessings of God. That's why we still talk about him today. I wonder if there were other people that God spoke to that chose to not obey God. And so we don't read about them today. And there aren't nations named after them today. And there aren't peoples of the world who have been impacted and blessed, every nation blessed, because of their obedience. But there was one man named Abraham whose obedience to God, amen, and faith in God was counted as righteousness. Amen. Moses said, go before Pharaoh, and I will go with you. Moses had to follow and obey the word of God. And when he followed and obeyed the word of God, God was with him. Amen? In the New Testament, many, many stories. One story is the story of the ten lepers who came to Jesus when Jesus entered a certain village. And Luke chapter 17 and verse 12 says, Jesus entered a certain village, and there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. They stood afar off because they weren't allowed to draw close because of their disease. But they stood afar off and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus said, Go. Jesus said, Go show yourself. Wednesday night, we heard a word from God. It was one of the most powerful services I've been in in a while, where God confirmed his word through three witnesses, that God's plan for you is that you would go. God's plan for you is that you would be in motion. God's plan for you, amen, is that you would respond and move forward to where God tells you to go and what God tells you to do. And these ten lepers had a... a uh, a point in time where they had to say, I can't go show myself to the priest. I can't even enter the tabernacle or the temple or the synagogue because of my leprosy. I'm not allowed to go. But they decided to obey the word of the Lord. And the Bible says that as they went, they were cleansed. So do you see what's happening here? These people, Moses and Noah, many others that we could mention in the Old Testament, and these ten lepers, and many others that we could mention in the New Testament, they obeyed their way into a miracle by stepping out on the word of God and responding in faith and doing what God told them to do. There were miracles. Amen. God's provision, God's direction, God's anointing. All the miracles that Abraham experienced in his life, all the favor and blessing that God put on him would not have happened had he stayed where he was and disobeyed the word of the Lord. But by submitting to the word of God and going when God said go, amen, he was able to experience the miraculous in his life. John chapter 9 verse 6, one final example. The Bible says of Jesus, when he had spoken, he spat on the ground 
and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and said unto him, Go. Everybody say go. Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. We learn that obedience to the word of God is the pathway to God's favor, but it's also the pathway to the miraculous. It's the pathway to experiencing good things in our life. This blind man could have said, number one, I'm offended for this man spitting and putting mud in my eyes. Number two, he could have said, this is the most foolish thing I've ever heard of, that I would go wash my eyes, wash this mud out in a particular pool, and because of that, I would receive a miracle. He could have argued with the simplicity of the message. He could have argued with the fact that the message didn't make sense to him. But the Bible says that he went, uh, and he did what Jesus told him to do. It's real simple. It doesn't take a rocket scientist. It doesn't take an IQ that's off the charts. All it takes is submission to the Word of God. And when you learn to obey the Word, of the Lord, when you learn to do what God instructs you to do, it brings favor and blessings uh, into your life. Uh, Hallelujah. Not only that, but there are miracles in the distance uh, if you will obey. On Wednesday night, Brother Rick preached, Brother Marvin preached, preached about going and moving forward and how God wants us to respond to him and move forward. One thing that Brother Marvin said that really struck my heart is that all, many of the promises in God's Word are promises that can only be fulfilled when you obey God. God says, I'm going to go before you. Well, how, how does that help you if you stay where you are? I'm going to go before you. I'm going to level mountains that stand in your way. I'm going to cut through iron bars that stand in your way. I'm going to make a way where there seemeth to be no ways. My angels are going to go before you. Well, the reality is none of that is of any benefit to you until you obey God and go. Until you put it in motion. Until you move. And as long as I do my own thing and operate according to my own agenda, I can't anticipate or expect the miraculous in my life. and I can't anticipate or expect God's favor in my life. What can I expect? I can expect frustration. I can expect questions. I can expect stress. And I see people even get mad at God because of what's happening in their life. They're upset with God and they're living in disobedience to God and expecting God to overlook that and just bless them. But the reality is you that's what the Bible is trying to teach us from Genesis to Revelation is trying to teach us that if you will obey, if you'll learn to follow God, you're going to find blessings in your life. But as long as you do your own thing, either number one, you're on your own, or number two, God's going to send a buffeting to try to chastise you to get you in line so you can find God's blessings. That's the mercy of God, just like the mercy of a parent. Thank God my parents didn't let me do whatever I wanted to do. Thank the Lord that my dad every once in a while took out the belt and corrected me. I didn't appreciate it then, but I appreciate it now. I got a little bit angry then, but a little bit later I realized my dad knew what was best for me, and he had my best interest in in heart. He didn't want me to grow up and be a liar or a cheat or lazy. Come on now. Or foolish. Foolishness bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction drives it away. Because my parents loved me, they corrected me. There were other kids I grew up around whose parents didn't care. Because they didn't care, they didn't experience correction. 
because they didn't experience correction, they went through a lot of trouble in their life that they wouldn't have had to gone through if they had had parents in place that would offer correction to them. I'm so glad that my Heavenly Father loves me enough at times. Come on, somebody. He's so good to us that when we disobey, He's willing to correct. The Bible says that God will not always strive with man. It means there's coming a day when He will, in essence, say, do your own thing. Go your own pathway. Do what you want to do. I'm not going to fight with you anymore. I'm not going to correct you and chastise you anymore. That's a dangerous area to be in. That's why it's very careful. It's very important that you be careful not to willfully disobey the word of the Lord. The Bible says there are people whose conscience has become seared as with a hot iron. That means it does not respond any longer to the fear of God or to God's word spoken to them. Amen. But I'm thankful for the word of the Lord that makes it very clear to me that I can kick against the pricks my whole life and be frustrated. But I can then do the opposite thing, which is become submitted to the Word of God, learn to be a son of God. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Amen? But if I do my own thing, I'm on my own. But learning to submit to the Word of God brings God's favor into my life. Are you listening to me, Life Church? And these individuals in Scripture heard the words and even though maybe they didn't understand them fully or they didn't make sense to their human sensibility. Sometimes I think it's really crazy that we assume that our way of thinking is the only right way. And then we look at the Word of God, and since we don't understand it with our finite reasoning, we say, well, this must be archaic or old-fashioned or unrelated to my life today. I don't have to submit or I don't have to take this understanding into my life. We'll never say that out front. We'll never come out and say that. But in our life, that's what we're communicating. Is it possible that God's way is above our way? Amen. Is it possible that God knows some things that we don't know? Amen. Is it possible that if we submit to the will of God and to the word of God, we can find blessings in our life? I want to tell you right now, this is the truth. This is the whole message of the Bible. The message of the Bible is if you'll put your trust and confidence and faith in God and display that by obeying God, his favor and blessing will come into your life. Amen. So all the blessings that we heard about Wednesday night, God's promises that are before us, all of these are predicated upon going. These miracles, these supernatural events are going to happen as you go in obedience and God goes with you. Amen. And we understand clearly that the Word of God has many things that we must surrender and submit to. It's unnecessary today for us to go through all of those things. I will mention what the Bible has to say about repentance, water baptism, and spirit baptism. But we could go on and on about how the Bible gives us direction in ways that we should live our lives. We see the Ten Commandments. We see the writings of the apostles. We see uh, the words of Jesus and how that we're supposed to respond differently than the world. All of these things are directions for our life. But we can only live in the power of God and victory with God is through the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. But I also must mention that there are times when God speaks to us directly about something in our life, and we must surrender and submit to the Word of God, to the will of God, to the voice of God, things that may not be in Scripture. 
Amen? Because I've read the Bible several times, and I never, see, I never one time saw where it mentioned R-rated movies. But God can speak to you about R-rated movies. It's called the Holy Spirit. The Bible gives us principles about not setting evil things before our eyes. But there are times when God speaks to you about things in your life that are not pleasing to Him. Things that you need to transition and change. And at that point, it's your responsibility to respond to the Word of God in obedience. And guess what? God's not going to force His will on you. That's the neat thing about God. He created us as free moral agents. We have a free will, just like Adam and Eve got to choose whether they were going to eat or not eat. Unfortunately, they ate. And because of that, sin passed on all humanity. But here's what I've noticed in my life, that whenever God speaks to me and God demands obedience from me, and I, in my willfulness, resist God's direction, it causes me to freeze up in my relationship with God in the progress into the miracles that are ahead of me. Come on now. And I rebel my way into redundancy and a boring life and an indifferent life. But I want to tell you today that you can obey your way to a miracle. You can obey your way to the miraculous. You can obey your way into God's favor. And I want to challenge some people of God today that when you hear God speak to you, don't smooth it over. Don't repress it. Amen? That's, a, that's why some people's prayer lives suffer. Because when they get serious with God in prayer, God starts to deal with them about things, and it comes against their will. And they're like, I'd rather do this than be real sensitive to God. And so they get this little surface uh, kind of, uh, uh, how would I explain, shallow relationship with God that's based mostly on emotions and maybe happens once a week rather than having a deep connection with the Lord because that deep connection with the Lord once again exposes their disobedience. Amen? So what happens is it freezes up their connection and their growth and their spiritual development. But I want to tell you today that the Word of God is clear. The Word of God is clear that you can obey your way to a miracle. You can obey your way to the supernatural. Amen? I'm talking about learning to surrender to God. Learning to surrender to God with your conversation, the things you say, the way you treat people, amen? The places you go, what you do with your money, even how you present yourself and appear. All of these things from the Word of God can bring God's favor into your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. The problem is we tend to be rebellious. That's human nature. Anybody that has little kids know that rebellion is human nature. How many of you had to teach your kids how to say no? I had to teach my kid, my kids how to say daddy and how to say I love you, how to say hallelujah. But I never taught them how to say no. They learned that on their own. And you see it in every child, that streak of self-will. It's mine. I'm doing it my way. And the problem is some people live their whole life and they never surrender their will to God. And they're just like that little child that's still fighting and fussing and struggling, wondering why they keep getting spankings. Come on now. Wondering why they keep experiencing pain. Wonder why they keep getting burnt by the oven. and Wonder why they keep getting hit in the street. Come on, somebody. 
Because you've got to learn to submit to the Word of God. And all of us in our life experience have to learn that because we have this rebellious nature that wants to do its own thing and go its own way. Guess what that's called? That's called sin. Some people say, well, they think that sin is a specific act. Well, I didn't murder anybody, so I'm not a sinner. Or uh, I've never robbed a bank, so I'm not a sinner. Because there's people who've robbed banks. They're, they're, they're obviously sinners. Or, or I've never cheated my neighbor, so I must not be a sinner. But a sinner is anybody who is not submitted completely to God, who is doing their own thing and doesn't care, in, in essence, what God says about it. Amen. But I want to tell you that the flip side of the equation is that you can obey your way to a miracle today. You can obey your way to a miracle today. I tell you, I want to surrender my life to the Lord. Because it, it, it and, and I'm, I'm not just talking here about sin. I'm also talking about things that you know to do, but you're not doing. There's some people, maybe God's spoken to you. That if you'll get back in your Bible reading, that God's going to take care of this area of your life. But you don't discipline yourself to do what God is prompting you to do. And this area of your life stays a mess. Or maybe God's speaking to some of you about being faithful and committed to your personal prayer time. God says, I'll take care of this area. I'll take care of this situation. If you'll just do this, this is all I'm asking from you. Amen? And then you're going to see God's favor unfold in your life. Praise God. I want you to respond in faith to the word of the Lord. How do you do that? By obeying. If God's spoken to you, how do you, how do you present that you believe? You, be, you present that by obeying the word of God. Now I, want to tell, I just want to speak a word to somebody right now because God's spoken to you in your life. God's spoken to all of us that if you will do this, I'll take care of this. And you're wondering why this hasn't been taken care of. And the answer is real simple. You haven't obeyed your way to a miracle. Go show yourself to a priest. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. Go leave the land that you're from. And, and God's blessings and God's favor and God's anointing is going to be upon you. Oh, but it's so hard. It's so difficult. It's not so hard and difficult. You need the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the power of God to change you and transform you and make you a brand new creature. The story we read in, in Second Kings, the story of Naaman, a great man who uh, was well-respected, but he had this problem. The problem was that he was a leper. And because of this, um, his reputation suffered. He uh, was well-known in the kingdom, very prominent individual. I'd say like a, somebody like a governor or a vice president, just a highly-ranking person, a well-respected and loved person, but he had leprosy. The Bible lets us know that there was a young maiden from Israel that was serving in the court, and she served Naaman and his wife and knew of his leprosy and knew that there was a prophet named Elisha in Israel that had power to do miracles. So he told, she told Naaman about this. Naaman, in essence, talked to the king. The king talked to the king of Syria, is who it was, talked to the king of Judah and said, Can I send, can I send this general through your nation, and will you have the prophet minister to him because I love this man, but he's got this problem. He's a leper. So Naaman goes and he goes from Syria to there where the prophet is and he arrives at the house of the prophet and the story goes is that rather than coming out 
and showing respect to this great man of Syria, the prophet of God sent out a servant to deliver the word. You know why? Because God was testing Naaman's willingness to obey. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. A lot of people's attitude get in the way of their miracle. Are you listening to me right now? We have a tendency to get a little high and mighty. Uh-huh. If you want God's favor, you, you, you approach humbly. Amen. And God's favor comes into your life. Uh, so the servant comes out with a message from the prophet. The message is this. Go wash seven times in the river Jordan and you'll be cleansed. And the Bible says that Naaman became angry. Angry. Why did he become angry? I think a lot of different factors here. His attitude was wrong. The prophet didn't come out and, and just touch him and say, okay, you're healed. It didn't happen the way he anticipated that it would happen. He was told that he had to do something. And he got mad and said, why would I go dip in that that muddy river, the Jordan River, there's nicer, more clear rivers in Damascus. I could go wash there if washing in a river would, would cleanse me. And so he went away angry because the simple message either didn't make sense to him or it offended him. And he said, I'm going to go do my own thing. And as he was leaving, he had these servants. Thank God for good people around you that speak truth to you and wisdom to you. And the servant said to him, said, Naaman, can I talk to you for a second? Naaman's like, yes. What? He said, think about this with me right now, Naaman. If the man of God had asked you to do something challenging or difficult in order to earn your healing, you would have done it. I mean, let, let's just go into this a little deeper. Naaman, if he had asked you that you have to go and slay in battle a hundred people to be cleansed of your leprosy, you'd have tried it. You'd have done everything possible. If he would have said, if he would have given you some challenging, difficult thing to do, say, okay, in order to be cleansed of your leprosy, we need you to go out and uh, we need you to purchase all of these very expensive, fine things for our king and deliver it to the king of Israel. Then guess what? You would have done it. Whatever he would have challenged you to do to earn your healing or your miracle, you would have done it. But instead, he simply asked you to go wash in the water of Jordan seven times. Not a difficult thing to do. Not going to cost you. Not going to put you out. He just asked you to do this, and you're not willing to do it. And the Bible says that once Naaman began to think about it, he said, it's real simple. Just go wash in the Jordan. And he went and he washed in the Jordan River, and he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan River. And, of course, seven is God's number of completion or perfection. And there he was, essentially being baptized seven times. And when he came up out of the water the seventh time, all of a sudden, because of his obedience to the Word of God, understand this, there were no miraculous healing powers in the water of Jordan. It was his obedience to the Word of God that produced the miracle. Amen. You can obey your way to a miracle. Say, well, it, what God's telling me to do doesn't make sense. Do it anyhow. 
Well, if the Word of God says, how could that heal me of my sin? Do it anyway. Amen? And if you respond to the Word of God and you respond to the will of God, then the miracle comes through obedience to the Word of God. And when he came up out of the water the seventh time, the Bible says his skin was like a child's skin. It was perfect. All of the corruption of this disease was removed from him. What a beautiful type of what happens to a child of God when they're water baptized in Jesus' name in the water. Waters of baptism. The Bible says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, Peter said, for the remission of sins. Just like Naaman coming up out of the water and all of this visible physical disease of leprosy, all the evidence and all the signs of it were gone. This disease of sin that's corrupting and eating you up, hallelujah, can be remitted in the waters of baptism. Not because there's holy water up there. Not because there's miraculous power in the water. But because you obey your way to a miracle. Amen. You obey your way to a miracle. The Bible says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, I can teach you how to repent. Right. I can tell you what to do in order to... Ask God for forgiveness of your sins and turn your life over to Him. If you want to, I can baptize you in water in Jesus' name. But I cannot give you the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a miraculous event that God gives to you that makes you a brand new creature. The old nature and the old desires, when you lay them down on the altar, can be replaced with a new nature and new desires when God fills you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about the greatest event that's ever happened in the life of a believer. And it is supernatural. It is a miracle. Everybody say miracle. I'm talking about a miracle that takes somebody that doesn't care nothing about the things of God and all of a sudden their whole attitude is changed about the things of God. That's a miracle. I'm talking about somebody that used to smoke four or six packs of cigarettes a day, but all of a sudden the taste is taken out of their mouth. That's a miracle. I'm talking about somebody who lived every day, couldn't wait till they got to get sauced up uh, with the whiskey and the liquor at evening time, but all of a sudden they come out of the house of the Lord and they have a brand new appetite and brand new desires in their heart. I'm talking about a miracle. I'm talking about somebody who's addicted to drugs and somebody who's addicted to pornography and somebody who's addicted to multiple sexual relationships and they become a new creature in Jesus Christ. It's a miracle. I'm talking about somebody who only cared about themselves. I'm talking about somebody who only cared about what pleased them. What made them happy and what made them feel good. And all of a sudden they become a new creature and they're concerned about how do they serve somebody else. How do they minister to somebody. That's a miracle of God. And that happens through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
But that miracle comes through obedience. The Bible says repent. That means give your life to Jesus. Make that step of faith to say, Lord, I want you to be controller, Lord, director of my life. I'm tired of being in charge. I'm going to admit to you, God, I've been doing my own thing. I've been making my own choices. And I don't want to do that anymore. That's repentance. I want you to take control of my life. I want to surrender my life to your word. Amen. Forgive me for being rebellious. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for ignoring your law. Forgive me for ignoring what, whether this is hurtful to you. Amen. But I want to surrender to you. I want to live for you. I want to walk with you. That's repentance. That's the most important step in the salvation process. Amen. Come on, somebody. If you don't give your life to Jesus, you can have all the goosebumps you want and shake and shimmy all over this place. But you've got to give your life to Jesus. That's what makes the difference. Amen. Just like Abraham. Abraham, you've got to leave where you are. You've got to step out into the unknown. And if you're living in sin today, I want, you to, I want to tell you that your first step of faith is to say, God, I don't want to live that way anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to act in this way anymore. I want to be a new creature. Come on, I'm talking about the miraculous. I'm talking about blessings and favor in your life. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you might receive the Holy Ghost. Does anybody know that I misquoted the scripture there? What did it say? You shall receive. You shall receive. God said it. He said, if you give your life to me, if you be baptized in water in my name, you will be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's why I like to tell people, if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, when you go down the waters of baptism, you come up out of the waters of baptism expecting to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible lets us know that those in the New Testament that received the Holy Spirit, they knew they had received it because they heard them speaking with tongues and magnifying God. That's the first or the initial evidence that a person has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do I have a witness in the house that people still get it the same way today? Hallelujah. I'm so glad that I've been buried in the name of the Lord. I'm so glad that I've been filled with His Spirit. And I have His favor and His blessing upon my life. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's stand together right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. There were a lot of people that were there that day that were gathered together, some 5,000 people that had heard what was happening. A lot of people were speaking strange languages. People were acting like they were drunk, but they hadn't drunk, drunk any alcohol. And what's going on here? So everybody comes from all over the place to check it out. And while they were there, some people were like, man, these people just must be crazy. Others said, no, I, I, think, I think these people are drunk. I don't know why they're speaking like they are, and I don't know what's going on, but maybe they're, maybe they're drunk. Or, 
Maybe they're crazy. And so Peter stood up just like I did today and began to preach the message of Jesus and preach the message of the Bible. And the fact that Jesus Christ was crucified. He died on a cross for your sins to be washed away. That he died and he was buried in a tomb and he came forth on the third day. Rose from the tomb with the power of death, hell, and the grave. When the message of Jesus was preached, all of a sudden the people realized that their sins were offensive to God. And they said, what should we do? The Bible says they were pricked in their heart. They said, what do we do? What should I do? And that's when Peter, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, gave them simple instructions. And he said, repent. Give your life to Jesus. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so today it's real simple. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, let me say it this way. If you have never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, as the Spirit gives you the words to speak, not a preacher saying, okay, now say untie my bow tie. Who stole my Honda? Sell a Honda, buy a Yamaha. That's not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the Spirit inside of you giving you utterance. If you haven't experienced that, you can experience it today. Because there's lots of people in here that were just like you. They came, they were skeptical. But the, the Spirit of God and the Word of God got under their skin a little bit, pricked them in their heart. They say, what do I do now? And the instructions are just the same 2,000 years later. Give your life to Jesus. Be water baptized in His name for the washing away of your sins. And you will receive the gift of of the Holy Ghost. And then once you get the Holy Ghost, it'll lead you and guide you into all truth. And you'll fall in love with the Word of God. And you'll surrender your life to the Word of the Lord. So before we leave today, I want to open this altar up. Because I want us to pray together. And uh, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like for us to bow our heads for just a moment. And I'm going to invite, first of all, anyone in this place that either you'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit that I've been talking about. Or maybe you're not sure if you've received it before. You think maybe you have, but you want to make sure. Or maybe there's someone here today that at one point in your life you had an experience with God and you experienced the Holy Spirit, but you kind of admit to yourself that I've really just been living my own life and I've been far separated from God and I, I want to be baptized again with His Holy Spirit here. I've just been doing my own thing, but I want to surrender my life to Him. I want to walk in obedience to Him. God's already been speaking to you this week. There's somebody here. God's already been talking to you this week, and I'm just confirming His Word to you. In Jesus' name, if you are that person or one of those people, as we begin to sing, as we begin to pray, I invite you to come up. Because I'm going to pray for you, and you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. In the name of Jesus Christ, let's pray together. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus. We thank you today for the anointing, Lord God. Jesus, you've been too good to me and you've done so much for me, Lord God, that I cannot tell it all. Thank you, Jesus, for your blessings. Thank you for your favor. Thank you for your anointing. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. I'm ready to pray with somebody right now. Is there anybody that wants to receive what God has for you today? Is there anybody that wants new life in Jesus Christ? Come on, I want to pray with you right now. I want to pray with you in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that's above every name, in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
in the name of Jesus. I just want to extend this for a little bit right now. I'm not nervous. Amen. God wants to do something in somebody's life today, but he wants you to take a step of faith right now. Hallelujah. No, I never do this, but I feel like God spoke to me while Pastor was preaching today. And there's a word for somebody here today. You're so frustrated in your relationship with God. It doesn't taste good to you anymore. It's stale. It's like eating the same thing over and over every single day. If you'll take the word of God today and simply obey what God is asking you to do, you're going to start to see miracles in your life again. It's going to start tasting good to you again. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's been a while since some of you have seen a miracle. The excitement is gone. There's no passion. You're doing it out of obligation because you have not obeyed. And God wants to release the miraculous in your life again today. God wants to make it exciting for you again. And I'm going to just open this altar for everyone now. Here, here's the last thing I want to speak, and then I want to pray with you. Is uh, I felt this, this week that um, uh, riding the fence, riding the fence becomes very, very frustrating after a while. Riding the fence becomes painful after a while. And if you're not careful, you ride the fence to some place you never intended to go. And, uh, and I, I watch people live below where God wants them to be because they want to ride the fence. They want to continue to be in sync with, with, um, with what their flesh wants and what this world offers. But they, they, they still like the things of God and they find themselves riding the fence. 
And that's why they're not walking into the miraculous. They're not walking into God's favor and God's blessings. But I'm challenging someone today. God's been, speak, God's been speaking to somebody here about getting consistent in your walk with God, your prayer life. And that, that there's, a, there's a miracle that's going to come as a result of that. And I'm t- I want to confirm what God has been speaking to you today. I want to confirm the word. So before we leave, I want us to come forward right now. We're going to pray together in this place, in this house. In the name of Jesus. Guests, church members, friends, you're all welcome to come forward. Let's pray together right now. In the name of Jesus. God, we're taking a step of faith right now. with one another as appropriate right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. I worship you, dear God. I praise you, Jesus. I give you my everything, Lord Jesus. I surrender to you, Lord God. your blessings on my family. God, I want your favor, Lord Jesus, to go before me. I want goodness and mercy to follow me all the days of my life. Jesus, I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender all. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I know that sometimes the Word of God challenges us. But the only reason the Word of God challenges us is because God has something better for us. Amen. So I want us to leave here rejoicing today. Amen. I want us to leave here excited today because you can obey your way into a miracle. It's not just about submitting and, and being in a drudgery. It's about obeying your way into a miracle, obeying your way into the favor of God and the blessing of God and the anointing of God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 You know what I feel? I feel revival in the atmosphere. I feel revival in the air. I feel like some people are about ready to get the Holy Ghost. Some people are about ready. And I'm not talking about just come and talk in tongues for a few moments and then we don't see you again. I'm talking about somebody's lives being changed. Come on now, the old, old fashioned, old fashioned, old fashioned, old fashioned. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. I'm talking about the new man walking in my shoes. Praise God. The new, new creature in Christ Jesus. God's ready to do it. I need some people that are praying fast with me this week. God's power is going to be here on Wednesday night. God's power is going to be here next Sunday. I want to bring some people that need the Holy Ghost. I'm going to be sowing the seed. Sowing the seed. Sowing the seed. I need some people to help me sow the seed this week. 
We're going to see some good things in the name of the Lord. And I feel good right now. Put your hands together. Let's rejoice in Jesus. Hallelujah. Because He's going to go before you. He's going to make the high places low. Bring up the low places and prepare a highway. Come on, that's what our God's going to do for us. Hallelujah. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to leave here rejoicing. We're going to sing this song as a song of dismissal. Please, if you have children, go get your little ones. So our teachers don't have to spend the whole day down there wondering if the parents gave up on the little ones. Go get your kids. Let's leave rejoicing. There's Financial Peace University today. Next week, remember, next week is a casual Sunday, so you don't have to wear your suit and tie. Not that you have to in the first place, but you'll kind of be out of place with a tie next week. Let me make it say it that way. It's going to be casual, but the anointing's not going to be casual, and our worship's not going to be casual. God's going to do great things. So leave here with faith. Leave here rejoicing. In the name of the Lord, you're dismissed. Let's sing for a little bit. Okay.